This is Inspiring Minds, a podcast focused on thought-provoking conversations between VSB students and our world-class faculty. Hello and welcome. My name is Jeanette Ding. I'm a senior MIS finance double major here at the Villanova School of Business. And today I'm very happy to have with me Dr. Michael Pagano, the Robert J. and Mary Ellen Doretta Endowed Chair in Finance. Today we'll be discussing his recent research paper titled Corruption's Impact on Foreign Portfolio Investment. Dr. Pagano, could you please introduce yourself? I've been here since my 17th year at Villanova. Um, been teaching in the finance area all that time. Prior to coming to Villanova, I worked for about 10 years in Wall Street, so I was an okay. investment analyst uh, involved as a general manager and also as a private banker. So I kind of bring that into the classroom. Right. And, and the types of courses I typically teach are in financial markets and financial institutions, as well as uh, risk management. So what mainly motivated you to do this different topic and to research specifically on corruption's impact on foreign portfolio investment? It all started way back when I went uh, down to uh, uh, a country uh, for a Fulbright scholarship. And and I was uh, living in that country um, for a whole semester. And it really immersed me in the culture there. And uh, one of the things that inspired me was seeing there was a bit of corruption in that country uh, and seeing how it impacted just the day-to-day lives of people down there. So it got me inspired to think about corruption's impact in the world of finance. So you mentioned that corruption's impact on foreign portfolio investments are nonlinear and reverse J-shape. I thought that was a nice way of describing it. It helped me visualize what the graph would look like. Mm -hmm. And you talked about how intermediate levels of corruption actually yielded more negative effects, say a country with very high corruption. Did this finding initially surprise you? So what was our prior assumption going into it would be that you'd have this kind of straight negative effect, right? right. Clearly, if you're less corrupt, you're more transparent is another right, way of saying right. that. Uh, the, the money should flow to those countries. And then ones that are very uh, kind of not transparent, corrupt, uh, should get less. And that was kind of one of our working hypotheses we would expect to see that. We were the first to kind of look at these types of international what are called portfolio investment flows, so investments in stocks and bonds in countries around the world. From a perspective of what we wanted to, uh, to think about, we said, okay, that should be a, a straight kind of linear negative relationship. Uh, but then when we found this result, we were like, okay, the first thing you do is you double check your data. Right. You say, is there a mistake here uh-huh. or something going on? So we kind of exhaustively you know, went back and double checked everything. And uh, the result was, was robust, as they say. And we were thinking about uh, how that you know, could play out. And um, so we did have some idea in the back of our mind about this idea of called asymmetric information. So it's kind of a fancy word. Just means the difference between what insiders know versus outsiders. So an outsider would be uh, an investor, say, in the United States, say it's uh, Fidelity or Vanguard Investments, and they want to make an investment in Iceland, Mm -hmm. any any country on the world. So I'm going to, as an outsider, I'm going to want to look at, okay, what's the quality of information I can get about investments in Iceland? And if it's very transparent, it's not a very corrupt world in Mm -hmm. that place, then Mm -hmm. I should be able to trust the data on the accounting statements and other types of information I can get about the macroeconomy of Iceland. And then once I digest that data, hopefully I can make a decision, okay, I want to invest in in Iceland. Um, And so this idea, that's okay when you have, again, a clear kind of transparent world. The asymmetric information is little. In other words, insiders know just as much as outsiders. Insiders can read the financial reports just like an outsider. But there's countries around the world where it's not so clear. So when you read their financial statements or you think about their macroeconomy, 
you can't really know as an outsider what's really happening in there. Whereas a local, somebody who lives there or is politically connected um, to the, uh, the powers that be, so to speak, they may have a real good insight about, okay, this company is really worthless and this one is very valuable, whereas an outsider wouldn't have. So there's a bigger gap between what insiders and outsiders know in those countries. And so therefore, you would expect people to kind of pull back from mm -hmm. that word, foreign investors, that is. There's, so there's private advantages, private benefits of being an insider. But when things get so corrupt, uh, 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 we call it a reverse uh, um, playing field or a perverse play playing field. And so what we're thinking about there is the fact that just like when it's fully transparent, everybody has on the same footing. The insiders have the same advantage, or outsiders have the same advantage as insiders. Right. Uh, when we go to the world of very kind of not so transparent, very corrupt countries, we're all on the same level playing field again. because. Everybody knows who's connected and who's not. Okay. So at the end of the day, if the prime minister's uncle owns the cement company, we know who's going to get the highway contracts. The private information of the locals is not very beneficial. Okay. So in that kind of a world, I may want to invest. I know there's two or three or four or five companies that are well connected, and they're going to get all the government grants. As an outside investor, why not? I can invest in those com companies just as well as any local. And so this gets that kind of inverse or kind of nonlinear uh, relationship. So it's not just linear mm -hmm. and, and negatively inverse. So at some point, you get so corrupt, <laughs> everybody <laughs> basically, outsiders and insiders, know uh, who the players are that are going to win and who are going to lose in that stock market or that bond market. Are there certain countries um, that you want to point out where high levels of corruption are actually very beneficial? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I don't know if I want to call out any <laughs> or, or out anybody, but I mean, it, it, there is the data is out there. The Transparency International Corruption Index is what we use, which is like an amalgam of uh, I think it's seventeen different surveys of corruption. Corruption itself is hard to measure, right? It's hard, yeah. kind of a squishy concept, but there 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 are respected uh, metrics out there. So, but so that's available. You can get that on the internet if you want to look up different countries there. So, I guess I'm not really revealing any secrets there. But there's certain countries that you would say have benefited from this kind of dark world or less corrupt, uh, more corrupt world. Um, and those would be the ones that are str have strong economic growth. Okay. So, so like, uh, actually, we don't have China in our data set because we don't oh. have all the foreign portfolio investment data to okay. go with it. But, you know, anecdotally, it suggests that that's a country that typically has had, obviously, strong economic growth. Right. But also, even now, the, the, their own leaders are realizing they need to crack down on corruption. Right. Uh, but there's other countries in the data uh, company, uh, countries in our data set, like India, Venezuela, um, some of the other ones like um, the Philippines, uh, Morocco, Mexico. Um, that ha and particularly Indonesia has been growing quite rapidly. Right. So these are kind of countries that would be in that category. You would say are almost you know very corrupt and and therefore may benefit from a, an uptick in investment there. Our hypothesis is that what's happening with those countries, they're getting that uptick in investment, which is helping fuel growth. But part of that reason they're getting that money in the first place, as we said, was this idea that it's a, a kind of a perverse level playing field. People understand who the players are in Indonesia or in right. India. And so we can now, as an outside investor, navigate those kind of murky waters just as well as an insider. Considering the U.S., it's not the lowest in corruption. The Scandinavian countries are actually even lower. Mm -hmm. Then do you see U.S. 
as still low, moderate, or high maybe compared to just the other countries in the world? And how do you think it's affected foreign portfolio investments into our country? I guess statistically, you would still put us, the U.S. would be in the low corruption okay. area. So kind of a, the good. most transparent. <laughs> yeah, so so, you, so we're on the, definitely, and, and by the way, when you look at the, the more corrupt, the most corrupt as right. far as getting investment, uh-huh. you're still better off being the least corrupt. They, they, they do get a lot more investment relative to anybody else. But if you're going to be corrupt, (laughs) better off to be very corrupt. But if I had to choose between that, if you as as a leader of a country had to choose where you'd want to be, you'd prefer to be in the more transparent, the lower category. And so U.S. has benefited from that. Thank you so much, Dr. Pagano. It was very nice having you today. Thank you very much. It was uh, was great to to be here and to, to talk to you about it. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Minds. Stay tuned for our next installment featuring more VSB students discussing research topics with our world-class faculty. 